everybody around us this summer, I say everybody, but we, our eyes were open to it in the last year that there's a lot of folks in their 30s that are our age that were seeing their marriages fall apart, and it scared us. After 11 years, Brett's marriage had grown stale. He wanted something better for he and his wife. That's when they found our podcast online and began listening almost every day. Focus on the families helped our marriage from the standpoint of opening our hearts to see things from the other's perspective and to make sure that God is centered in our marriage. I'm Jim Daly. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Brett's marriage is getting better. Working together, we can give families hope. Will you join our marriage building team? Call 800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY or donate at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash hope and your gift will be doubled. In college, when I was studying Communication 101, there's the drawing on the board that shows, you know, the speaker and the line coming out, and there's the recipient. And um, the recipient may or may not hear what the speaker says. When we communicate, um, it might not be heard the same way we think we're, uh, we're saying it. I'm John Fuller, along with our Vice President of Parenting, Danny Huerta. And Danny, this is something that affects how our kids hear us as we express love to them. Um, there are times when I'm offering love in a way that they're not hearing. Hmm. What have you seen in that uh, Yeah, miscommunication never happens, Sean. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, because man? you're an expert. That, <laughs> that's I right. forgot, yes. So oh, on behalf man. of a friend, Danny, yeah, this is what right. I have, yeah. No, there's so much. Uh, I, I was actually just thinking about this recently at home, thinking about the many ways we miscommunicate in our own home and how many opportunities we have for miscommunication along the way. It's a miracle that we even understand one another. Uh, but I, I remember, actually this morning, my, my son, it was fantastic. He said, Dad, before you leave, make sure you say goodbye. I totally forgot. I left the house, driving down the road, and I said, oh, no, I didn't go downstairs and say goodbye. He, that's just something special we have in the culture of our home, to say goodbye when mm-hmm. we go. And so then he called, and he said, hey, Dad, you didn't say goodbye. And uh, that was so meaningful to me. He reached out, and, and we talked. We talked in the, in, in the car. I lo- it it I was lo- on in the car, yeah. right? So it wasn't holding on to the phone, John. <laughs> I love the illustration because it's, it's not like you have to gear up and, and have this big, elaborate plan. It's really a conversation, even if it's on the heels of some miscommunication. That, that's totally right. And it, it's never going to be perfect. And the beauty about communication is that you can repair things, you can have fun, laugh at one another, laugh with one another uh, along the way. Laughter is so important. And sometimes in the miscommunication, you can find the funny moments yeah. there. And I want to share real quickly something that my daughter wrote to me on a recent trip. Yeah, now for those who haven't uh, maybe followed us for a very long time, You've got a journal, and you leave it lying around for each other to kind of put words in, right? Correct. Yeah, it's on our kitchen table. Each of us have our books. And sometimes I'll nudge over to my daughter because she writes the most amazing things in there. She is a very gifted writer. And she wrote this. She said, uh, there's a quote she found. It says, even in the dark soil, a seed is becoming something beautiful. Then she said, Dad, I hope you have a great day. Always remember that you are becoming, and God is slowly shaping and molding you into the man he has made you to be. Hmm. Man, those life words that can come from our kids are powerful, 
Let's leave those lines open to listen to what God is telling us through our kids as we speak into their lives. Oh, that's great. That's really outstanding. Let's go ahead and hear now from a conversation that Jim and Jean Daly and I had with Dr. Gary Chapman. He really created this, or discovered, this concept of the love languages. Since we've opened that door, let's uh, quickly go over the five love languages and discuss primary and secondary. Yeah, okay. Well, these are in no particular order. But physical touch is a way to express love. We've long known that. Words of affirmation is a way of expressing love. Quality time, by which I mean you give the child your undivided attention. And then there's uh, gifts is an act of service. And, and that's the receiving of gifts? The receiving of gifts. The yeah, receiving of gifts. That trips people up, I think. When I try to describe it, they're going, really, that you receiving a gift is your love language, not giving a gift? Yeah. Yeah, I think often we're thinking in terms of what is my love language, but we're talking about the other person's love language, and it's receiving the gift. If receiving gifts makes you feel love, you'll probably give your kids all kind of gifts. Right. But maybe their language is words of affirmation. And you don't give them words of affirmation, so you're why wouldn't you feel love, man? You've got so many things, you know. <laughs> exactly right. Mm. So we tend to express kind of, in some regards, the way we want to be loved, uh, yeah. is what you're saying. So Jim and Jean, uh, I'll go ahead and just throw you in the spotlight and wonder, when did you discover some of the, these concepts for your own boys? Because there's a lot here to learn. Well, it's kind of funny because I was reading the book years ago with the my boys were nearby me, mm. which Troy particularly. And I remember going through it. I was getting ready to do the broadcast with you, Gary. And I think Troy was four years old. He's now 19, if that makes any of us feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I was reading them out loud, and I said to Troy, which one of these best describes you? And I read through them. And as soon as I said physical touch, he goes, that's me. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he knew it. He was four years old. Yeah. He was, that's yeah. me. Yeah. I love hugs, Dad. I love hugs. I love when you tickle my back. <laughs> and uh, I think for Jean, you were more in tune with Trent. Well, yes, but also with Troy, I would say it was, uh, I think it was easy to pick up on with him because he was always hugging us or uh, always hugging his brother. Yes. Yeah, he was. And I look at photos when they were young and Troy was always hugging. Yeah. So he was easy to uh, pick up on his love language at a young age. Our oldest son, Trent, he was more difficult to decipher what his love language was. And he did take the quiz, and I think, uh, where did he land? He Words of affirmation hmm. was number one, and then quality time. Yeah. So I remember, Trent, it was so funny, because when he was five, six years old, I'd go to hug him, and he'd be like a cardboard cutout. <laughs> his hands would be down to his yeah. side. Yeah. And I literally had to teach him how to hug, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just give me a big hug and try to squeeze my kidneys. That's what I used to tell him. And that got him going. He goes, okay. But today he's a pretty good hugger. He's a, he's a great hugger. Mm. And I would like to say, even though with uh, Trent, so we didn't know that his love language when he was younger was uh, words of affirmation, Thankfully, I had listened to Focus on the Family broadcasts <laughs> and knew that it was important to catch your child doing something right. Mm -hmm. And that was, there was a time where that was challenging 
<laughs> but, um, <laughs> that may, may have been Gary that said that. Right. You do say right. that, don't you, Gary? Right. Yeah, catch him doing something yeah. right and affirm them in that. Yes. Uh, Gary, let me ask you, uh, your actual background in college was anthropology, if I remember correctly. Yes, that's correct. And you've compared kind of foreign language skills with emotional language skills. So explain that, and especially in the context of helping your children. How does that all come together in your mind? Well, you know, if you speak Chinese and I speak only English with a southern accent, chances <laughs> oh, <didn't> are <laughs> <laughs> chances are I can just speak to you all kind of things and you don't get any of it because we, it's a different language. So if I want to communicate to you, really, I have to learn to speak Chinese and you have to learn to speak English if we're going to really have a, a relationship. And I think the same thing is true with children and parents. You know, if a parent has one love language, uh, let's say words of affirmation or any, any one of them, and this is what they will normally give to that child. But since that's not the child's love language, the child doesn't receive it emotionally. Mm. They hear it, but they don't get it emotionally. And that's what we're talking about, meeting the emotional need to feel loved. And so this is why I think this book has been so helpful to so many parents through the years, is helping them understand if you have three children, they may each have a different love language. Yeah. And, and please don't hear me saying that you only speak their primary love language. Uh, you give heavy doses of the primary, but you sprinkle in the other four. I yeah. mean, the child needs to learn how to receive love and give love in all five languages. That's the healthiest adult. Most of us did not receive all five growing up. So we came to adulthood, and some of these were not very natural for us. Yeah. But the key issue is that you give heavy doses of their primary language, and they're going to feel loved. And I just want to, for the listener that might just be jumping in, just quickly, the five love languages again are? Words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, and gifts, receiving gifts. Danny, I so appreciate what Gary Chapman brought in that conversation. And let's, now this is going to be a little countercultural, but let's be gender specific because we believe that boys and girls are different and that generally God wires them differently. Um, with that backdrop, uh, what are some tendencies you see in terms of boys and girls and the love languages? The more frequent one that I see in both is quality time, hmm. which is interesting in such a busy culture. Yet that's usually the highest one. Physical touch is a common one with, uh, with boys and men, uh, especially the older they get, huh. which is interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm a little more of a hugger these days than I used to be 30 years ago. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But as te- teen boys would say gifts would be yes. top, top yeah. of the world for them. And, uh, and the other one would be they do like quality time with the right people that they love to, to hang out sure. with. And then girls, I've noticed... Physical touches one early on. Down the road, they tend to shift to acts of service from others hmm. that, that, where they just notice and they do things for them because they feel known. And then quality time is another one that really uh, plays out for, for women. And it's just interesting how, how our love languages shift according to the age and stage we're in and according to our personalities. It's not just a simple, here's five, and then you, you've got it, and that's how it always plays out personality differences, season of your life, all those things. You want to pay attention to that and keep reviewing it as you're continuing to be shaped along the way. Yeah, and earlier I mentioned my six kids. They're all different. As we've been chatting, I've been kind of writing some notes saying, this child this, this child this. Uh, I'm not sure about one of them. It's sort of like, I I know you. You're an adult now, I think. 
So it leads me to want to be a student. I'm, I'm using Danny language now, a student <laughs> of my child. Yeah. And we want to encourage you to be a student of your child. Uh, along those lines, get a copy of the great book from Dr. Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages of Children. It goes so much more in-depth on these concepts that you've heard about these past couple of episodes. Uh, you're going to be inspired by it, and I believe you can strengthen the relationships with your kids, no matter what their age is, by getting a handle on these concepts. Again, The Five Love Languages of Children. It's a terrific book by Dr. Gary Chapman. We'll send it to you when you make a donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. If you can make that a monthly pledge, we sure would appreciate that. That smooths out uh, the fiscal year for us. And uh, if you're not in a spot to make an ongoing monthly pledge, then a one-time gift would be deeply appreciated. Either way, uh, donate uh, through the link in the show notes and get that book. And we have the entire conversation with Dr. Chapman available for a free download. Uh, It's filled with so much wisdom that you can listen to and apply right away. And we'll link over to that in the episode notes. Next time, we'll hear from Shelley Tomlinson and Chris Howard uh, discussing how to be a hero to your grandchildren. On behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. It's time to level up. Give your kids a safe, faith-focused, and biblically-based community, and so much more. Join the Adventures in Odyssey Club. Club members get on-demand access to the exciting Adventures in Odyssey series, including more than 900 episodes. With faith-building activities, parental controls, and a safe online community, the Adventures in Odyssey Club could be your best adventure yet. Learn more and start your free trial at adventuresinodyssey.com radio.